Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How to Do Drugs. I am your host, Aliyah Janine, and today I have Crystal. Yay! I'm very excited to have Crystal on. Um, Crystal is a super comedy fan and an awesome person. Uh, one of the only female comedy fans that doesn't give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> well, you don't give off dude porn van, uh, porn fan vibes. Like, that's the thing. Because I've always, like, I've said that, that there's certain female comedy fans that really act like male porn fans. And they're creepy. <laughs> some of them can be really creepy. yeah some of them could be real creepy the couple uh, that i know the couple I that know, i've met at least <laughs> i know a couple and i don't think any of them none or of like them that. come off creepy to me yeah there's a couple that we've ran into in uh like moon tower Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're a little, little too into this. I'm way too reserved to give to want to be creepy. So yeah, I'm creepy yeah. in the other sense of like, I'm just shy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We call, uh, we, we call those, uh, those types of female comedy fans, chuckle fuckers, the kind that are actually like trying to hook up with the comics, you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. We call those. Chuckle uh, fuckers. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So when I when I first encountered some of them, I'm like, oh, you're just like dude porn fans, like the super. It's, it's like there's dudes who like porn and are normal, you know, yeah. like a lot of like they don't know the stars names or like maybe they know one name. They know how they look. And then there's other ones that is like, oh, you wore these red shoes with the blue underwear. And I'm like, that is a little much. Well, in the fact that they'll know birthdays, they'll know names. And I'm like, how dedicated are you to this? To a woman who you don't know, you're never going to meet. It, it, yeah. Yeah. We, we had, uh, we went to Louis CK. Oh gosh, maybe two years ago now. And there was some chicken. We sat in the front row. I love Louis. Mm -hmm. Sat in the front row and at one point, one of the ushers came and actually had to tell her to take her legs off stage. And it turns out she was wearing a dress and didn't have any, didn't have any panties on. <laughs> That's okay, exactly so now, listen, the type of person I was talking about. <laughs> right. I mean, so like, listen, like we get it. Like, you know, Louis got his past, but like, he also currently has a girlfriend. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Every- your, uh, <laughs> Flashing your vagina isn't going to do anything. Literally nothing for him. Yeah. And I guess. Oh. oh, God. Yeah, that's hilarious. And just how Louis is. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have gone over well. I mean, um, like from the stage, but it was like some lady that sat next to us caught me in the bathroom. And she goes, oh, you were sitting next to us. Did you see that girl? She wasn't wearing any underwear. How did you know? Like know the that. stage and hilarities is curved. Like, how did you know this? Right. That's so funny. That's hilarious. So yeah. Yeah. Women, um, women, well, cause I've been friends, you know, I'm friends with, with like A-list movie stars and, and like big name, you know, musicians and stuff like that. And the way I have seen women just like throw themselves at these dudes, I'm like, yo, I'm like a little self-respect is, is necessary. Just a little bit. But I mean, I also get it. Like if I ever met Johnny Depp in person, I'd be like, you could just right here. You want me right. Like I get it to a certain extent. We, I mean, I, I can't, the amount of times that we've seen like 
Normand or mm-hmm. List. And I always just kind of just stand behind and I'm like, Phil, are you going to go say anything? And he's like, oh, I thought you were going to. No, I will not approach them. I don't mm-hmm. care if they know my name. I'm not approaching them. Right. <laughs> I don't care. Let me just, you to go do your thing. I'll just admire from, from afar. From afar. That's so funny. Um, all right. So you are on the show today because you happen to be, now you have your master's degree in nursing. Congrats, by the way. Oh, not right? yet. I'm, I just started. Oh, you just started. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. you were like, you should do it too. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no more school. Although I love school. I'm so good at writing papers and shit like that. I'm like, if any college kids need a paper written, especially psychology, I have perfect APA formatting. Uh, <laughs> they have, they have, cl- they, they have uh, websites where you could actually like write somebody's paper for them and make money off of it. Really? I do like mm-hmm. money and writing papers. <laughs> which is so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I found my new part-time job. What? Um, but, but you, um, but you are a nurse, you're a registered nurse. And for the past two years, you have worked in the ICU in the COVID unit, which um, I'm sure has been all sorts of fun, very entertaining, just go, go, go. <laughs> just really brought on the depression really hard. Oh yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I can only imagine because my mom's a registered nurse. Um, Well, she's retired now. She was a nurse for 30 years and uh, she worked in labor and delivery like for most of her career, but she did try when she was younger. um, She did try working in the ER for a little while. And um, she did not like the ER she had told me the reason why she had switched back to, um, and, and she worked in the ICU for, in an ICU for a little while too. And the reason why she went back to birth and babies, as she calls us, because she's like, I would much rather bring life into the world than see it go kind of thing. And I was like, oh, Absolutely. I get that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I get that. Cause that's the whole reason why, you know, she became a nurse was to, you know, help and save people and especially in certain areas in Milwaukee, like uh, there's a lot of death. (laughs) Oh yeah. Lots of death in Milwaukee. So um, she was like, yeah, let's bring life into the world. That sounds so much nicer. (laughs) Um, So I actually, I just got done having COVID. Um, Good for me. I finally got it after two years. Yay. Knew knew I was going to get it sooner or later. Um, of course, I was in Florida, so um, that makes perfect sense for me. Because living in New York, you know, the hot spot for so long, I assumed, you know, even riding the train or something that I would um, contract it. But no, on an airplane, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> wear your masks on planes, people. <laughs> You'll get it. Um, and like my, a bunch of my friends have gotten it, and they were telling me all these different types of drugs to take. They're like, oh, I think it's Paxiloid or something. Like, like I can't say any of these drug names, by the way. Um, and then some type of inhaler. And since this was my first time getting it, I, yeah, I got to look it up for you. And so I could get the correct spelling because you know drug names as to where I That depends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was because um, this is my first time getting it. So I and I'm super vaxxed. I, I have the booster. You know, I have my I have three shots. So I kind of wanted my body to fight it off because I haven't had the cold or flu in 13 years. Like I haven't been sick 
in 13 years. I know the look on your face, <laughs> like I have allergies. And so like, I'll get sneezy and stuff like that. And I've been under the weather, but as far as like a cold, I haven't been sick in 13 years. And I always said it was like my stripper immunity. Cause I was a stripper for so long. And I also have a dog. <laughs> Dollar bills are really dirty, Crystal. They're so gross. Uh <laughs> So I'm like, that's why I can't, I'm like, that's why I can't get it. It's because fucking all the dollar bills I've had in my mouth. I'm like, I can't get sick. You can't get me sick. And then I got sick. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> got sick. So I just, I kind of wanted my immune system since it's so badass to fight it off itself. And it did, it did a good job. I tested positive last week, Tuesday. And by Sunday, it I tested negative. Um, I'm still really tired though. Okay. So you spell it P-A-X-L-O-V-I-D. Paxiloid. Hold on. Now I'm going to have to. <laughs> what is it? Look it P -A -X? up. P-A-X-L-O-V-I-D. It's some type of. It's so funny too, getting, getting COVID like two years later, I, cause I'm an eldest child. So now I know what it feels like to be the youngest child <laughs> in the family. <laughs> Whereas like with the eldest child, everyone's like, oh no. And then everyone's checking on you and making sure you're okay. And the baby of the child, it's like, oh, you're not dead. You're fine. <laughs> oh, so this is the antiviral treatment. Yeah. Yeah. She said something Pax, about. So it's probably like Paxlovid. Okay, Paxlovid. Yeah, that sounds like the correct enunciation. I'm horrible. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Oh, you don't know. Should be one? initiated as soon as possible after diagnosis of COVID-19. Hmm. Yeah, she said um that cuz cuz she's had it like 3 times. She she's a lawyer, so she works with a lot of people and stuff. And so she's been taking it. I mean, if I get it again, I'm definitely taking drugs. <laughs> I'm definitely. Taking well, it's miserable. It's COVID is. And like what I had brought it home. Mm -hmm. uh, four months after my ICU had turned into a COVID ICU, I was sick for probably 20 days. Mm, wow. And had I not been a nurse and had then worked in a COVID unit, I probably would have ended up in the hospital. Absolutely miserable. Now the kid kind of breezed through it. He was sick for a few days. Mm -hmm. You know, Phil was sleepy for sleepy for like three days, but he had mm -hmm. antibodies afterwards. Mm -hmm. But like, like being the carrier to bring it home, it was it was miserable. Oh, miserable. Yeah. It was. It, I, so the second time that we've gotten it, which was in January, having my booster, I was still pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, oh, like, I was still sick. Yeah. I mean, like if I get it a third time, I mean, if, if I could get antivirals, I, pr I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not fun. No, it's, and well, the thing is too, is cause I hadn't been sick in so long. I forgot how to like be sick and just like not do anything. You know what I mean? Like when you're sick, you like, you sit on the couch or in your bed and you chicken noodle soup and watch movies or whatever. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Like it was really strange well, and it just felt like a head cold for me. It felt like, like a sinus infection, head cold kind of thing. Cause I thought, like I said, I thought it was just a, um, I thought it was just a sinus infection from allergies, from going from New York to Florida, you know, being warm and then coming back to cold weather. Cause that's happened to me before. And then, yeah. And then when I lost, 
my taste and smell, but I only lost my taste and smell for, I lost it Tuesday. And by Thursday I had a back and I was like, okay, so That's this quick. is just, I'm like, this is just a rapid, like little one. Well, well they said that there's like different types of variants. So I think maybe yeah. I got, got like the weak one or, or something where it didn't really affect me, but I was exhausted. I was just like, even now, like I'm still really tired. Like I slept for seven and a half hours. I woke up, walked my dog, you know, went grocery shopping, came back. I'm like, I could totally take a nap right now. So I did. Oh yeah. Yeah. I slept for an hour and then I got up and I'm like, I could still feel like I could sleep a little while. And then I almost canceled on you. I'm like, no, I need to do this. So I just took a caffeine pill. And now I'm like, I'm tired, but I'm wired. So <laughs> no, that's why I said, if you need to reschedule, I'm, I get it. I get it. I'm going to be the last person to judge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, well, a lot of people too, and especially people who haven't gotten it yet. They're like, oh, it's like the flu, like our buddies, Berg and Gino. They're like, oh, it's like the flu. And I'm like, I don't think it's like the flu. I don't, it's not like the flu at all. <laughs> no, I think, I thought Phil said that Bert had it. No, Gino, I don't know how Gino has not gotten it. Oh, he probably has. He just doesn't test himself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Phil tells me things. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand. I can't, I don't understand how he's on how he's on the train and he's like licking poles or whatever. I don't know. Oh God. I actually, so when I first moved here from, from California, because I assumed that when I moved to New York, cause I was going to be in a colder climate again, cause I lived in, in Wisconsin and then Florida and then California. And, and I lived there, you know, for four years. And I'm like, Oh, in New York on the trains, I'm totally going to get sick. You know, like I, I, I had this, I'm like, I'm probably going to get a cold or the flu within the first year, nothing. I was like, yo, I'm still not good at sick. Like there'd be certain times when I would like ride the train because my mom's a nurse too. So I'm constantly always washing my hands even before, you know, COVID was just when I, when I get somewhere, go in, wash my hands. It's just something I always have done. So I, um, I stopped washing my hands when I got off a train. Like if I held a pole, like I wouldn't use like one of my sanitary wipes. I'm like, I got to get sick sooner or later. Like I was actually like actively trying to get sick. And then with comics and we're sharing microphones and stuff like that, a bunch of people right. are like, Oh, I have the flu. And I'm like, I'm fine. I have nothing. So it was, yeah, it was really strange um, being sick. And I figured COVID would get me sooner or later. Well, I actually always thought that like, if I got the flu, cause I had had it in so long that it could probably kill me. <laughs> so I was a little <laughs> worried about it. To be honest, I'm like, oh, dude, if I get a cold now, either my immune system is amazing or I'm going to die. And like, apparently I do have a decent immune system because it, it kicked COVID's butt. It did a good job, although I'm still really sleepy. So I wonder how long that's going to last, but we'll see. Because um, it's only been, yeah, I just tested negative on Sunday. So it's still, it's only Wednesday. So I'll give it a couple more weeks. Um, we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> not super phlegmy anymore. Like I have a, I smoke. So I have like my normal smokers cough. That was another thing too. Right. I, di I didn't cough a lot. Um, everyone's like, Oh, you cough, you have a sore throat. I didn't have any of that. So I think I maybe had like the, one of the weaker variants or something, or maybe just, you know, being triple vax helped a lot. Um, I so think it's that. And it's yeah. that Omicron is, has weakened so much yeah. to where most, most of the cases are, are pretty mild. As soon as like Omicron hit, Mm -hmm. our, our senses in my ICU for COVID patients drop significantly. Yeah. 
Yeah, where people are like, oh, I don't need it. Yeah, they could just stay home kind yeah. of and quarantine that way. Yeah, I quarantined. I was wearing my mask in my building and stuff like that. So when it first happened, like obviously when, when it, the huge breakout first happened, um, what type of drugs were you guys like giving people? Were you guys, was it just like trial by error kind of thing? <clears throat> or did the FDC like give you stuff? Like, so did, initially we weren't giving anything. It was just pretty much, we were trying to wait before we could intubate. So basically putting somebody on life support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when all of the fuss came out about um, hydrochloroquine and azithromycin, we tried it and mm-hmm. it didn't help anybody. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, at that point, I mean, like, that's the kind of the argument is like, if you're going to start it, you're supposed to start it like at the beginning of onset. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it still doesn't matter. Like it's the, all these studies still come out and say it still doesn't help, but it was mm-hmm. just kind of like, wait and give people time. And either what was going to happen is they were going to get better mm-hmm. or they were going to continue to get worse to where we would then have to put them on basically like a pulmonary bypass machine. Mm-hmm. So they would still be intubated. And then we would have a machine that's called ECMO that would basically circulate the blood, all of their blood out of their body, oxygenate it, and then put it back in. Oh, okay. And so that's kind of really like the last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a couple people that we've had that's come off from ECMO. I mean, like I've seen people who's had severe asthma attacks land up on it and mm-hmm. they have pretty good results. Or I've seen people with the flu. Um, but anybody who we had on ECMO, I think I only know of like one or two that made it out. There was one that had made it out and he's, he still ended up dying. Oh, that's, and then, uh, so what's the other one that we've, there's remdesivir we've been giving, we tried like the, the giving plasma and platelets and Mm -hmm. there's a few other investigational drugs. Um, but I don't know what those were just because if it was like a double blind study, you don't know what you're giving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we kind of tried everything. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Did people have to yeah. sign like um, waivers be like, Hey, if we give you these experimental drugs, you can't sue us kind of thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so like, if they were on life support and they can't sign anything, then it goes to their families and you can't blame a family member for being like, yeah, I want to try. I want to try everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody's we had one older guy and he was on, I think like two different investigational drugs, which is stupid because then you don't know what's doing yeah. what. Yeah. And um I felt like, and then you got to get blood on him every day. And I felt like we were getting blood on this guy like two or three times a day just to see what like his levels were doing. Yeah. I don't know what levels they were checking, probably liver. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were doing. And anything that came out that the hospital I work at was immediately on board of like, okay, let's try it. Yeah. Let's just try it and try that. Well, yeah. Cause a lot of times too, um, drugs, as, as I told you before we started recording, like sometimes the cure can be worse than the disease. So there are certain drugs mm-hmm. that could like, like screw up your liver, which is like our filtration system, you know, our kidneys, like stuff that we need to work. So you may have COVID, but this drug could have fucked up something. Has that ever happened? Or like a drug um, 
like a person had COVID and they tried an experimental drug and something failed, like kidney failure, liver failure, heart failure, or anything like that? Oh yeah. Kidney failure is kind of the big one. Yeah. Um, and so like at that point, so when, like, if we put somebody on uh, life support and we intubate them, mm-hmm. like, let's say it's a patient with the flu because mm-hmm. flu can, if, if you're going to kind of compare COVID to the flu, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, how we would treat it as kind of basically the same at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So usually people who are intubated and have the flu, we would usually give them continuous amounts of fentanyl, first said, which is a hypnotic, maybe propofol. Sometimes we'd medically sedate them. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what their blood pressure is doing, we would give them stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but like our COVID patients, they would be on fentanyl versus said propofol, ketamine, um, propofol, anything. And we could not, oh, and the other one would be Presidex. Mm-hmm. We would have to throw everything at these people to even get them sedated enough for us to even medically paralyze them. Yeah. And that's a lot to throw at the body to be like, here, you're fighting this, you're fighting this virus. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, now here's, here's five different medications just to make you sleepy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, of course you're going to, you're going to end up blowing out something. And it, it usually was going to end up being the kidneys. Uh, the kidneys is that the weakest mm-hmm. thing? The kidney? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, cause your blood pressure drops, your kidneys take a huge hit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just unfortunate. You want everything done. And that's what we start looking at. Yeah. That's, um, that's one thing that I've always wondered too, because I noticed too, that when I was sleeping, every time I would sleep, you know, go to bed and I sleep for like 12 hours, I wake up and I feel just a little bit better. You know, every time I took a nap, like mm-hmm. a three hour nap, I'd be like, Oh, I'm a little bit better. And then I remembered, Oh yeah. Sleep is like one of the number one things that helps your body like recover when you're sick and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, that's what I need to do. I need to sleep. So I just slept a bunch, but yeah, I'm still really tired from it. It's the, the, the lethargy just, at least for me, just it lasts. It lingered for so long. Yeah. Well, yeah. You've also had it twice. Um, it does it get easier after like the more you get it. Does it get easier? Um, I don't know because when I went to work and had it the second time, mm-hmm. um, one of my friends was like, what the fuck is the matter with you? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> Bill has COVID, but I don't because I tested negative at home. Yeah, it was fucking COVID. I mean, like I, I, at one point I was like, I need to go lay down and crashed and took a nap. And mm-hmm. I, my unit's pretty flexible. If you want to go take a break and you can go take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means we might sleep for two hours. Yeah. And I laid down and fell asleep hard. And I was like, Oh, what the fuck is wrong with me? I just must be sleepy. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. I was totally in denial too. I'm like, Oh, it's just, it's just allergies. It's just a sinus infection. And it wasn't until I couldn't taste anything. I was like, Oh fuck. (laughs) The only thing was that in the beginning and that should have been in the beginning. So then I would have known, you know, to not talk to the, give the fucking me $20 when I left. And I was like, Oh God, I infected so many people. The only thing I wanted that first time I had COVID, because I also didn't have an appetite. All I wanted was banana pudding, banana pudding. So we ordered, and of Mm. course the entire house is under quarantine. We ended up ordering something from like a Michael Simon's restaurant up the street. Mm -hmm. And it was like a $9 thing of banana pudding. And it was at that point I lost my taste. And I was like, 
this is the worst pudding I've ever, and it didn't click. It didn't hit me yet. I was like, I'm never going to eat banana pudding again. And I haven't. That that loss of taste, I think is, is, I don't know. That's pretty miserable. It's weird. Well, cause I've lost, um, I've lost my, my sense of smell and taste before. Uh, I think I was around 1920. I had bronchitis and pneumonia at the same time. I was super, super sick. I remember I was, I was living with my uh, dad and his wife at the time, my stepmom. And, um, I just woke up kind of in the middle of the night. I want to say it was probably like 1 AM and I was just covered in sweat, just like fever, like an insane fever. And I was like, okay, I think I need to go to the hospital. So my mom's a nurse. And so like being sick was always like, are you dying? No. And I walked downstairs. My dad was, <laughs> my dad was still up and he's like, he looked at me and I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. He's like, yeah, I think you do. He, he, he was just like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so we got up and it's January in Wisconsin. I didn't even bring a jacket cause I was that hot. And I'm like, I had the windows rolled down because I was so warm and I go to the emergency room and, um, and I had a blanket. They gave me a blanket. I'm like, no, I don't need that. And they tested my temperature. They're like, yeah, you may need an ice bath. I'm like, can I just go stand outside for a while? Cause it's fucking like negative 30 right now. <laughs> Please no ice bath. So yeah. So they just had me stand outside for a while to, to like cool my temperature. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was like. But I remember that, like, cause I was so stuffy and congested. Um, that was actually the only time I was sick that I didn't smoke cigarettes. Cause normally when I'm sick, like even with COVID, I was still smoking. Um, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't taste or smell anything. That was the only time that that's ever happened to me. Yeah. And it sucked. It completely sucked. But yeah, that Tuesday when I, I forgot what I was eating, I was just, I'm like, oh no, but there's certain things that I could taste and other things that I couldn't, which was oh. weird. Like I couldn't taste my ginger beer, but I could taste this like Mexican rice chicken dish that I always eat. I was like, okay, I could taste this, but I can't, can't taste that. So I was just trying to taste different stuff, which was really weird. And then it finally, then like Wednesday, it was totally gone. And then Thursday it started coming back. I was like, oh, I could taste my orange juice now. And you lose appetite because if you can't smell or taste anything, you're not hungry. You're those little brain triggers be like, right. if I smell food in the hallway, normally I'm like, I'm hungry. Yeah. I, I think I had to like force myself to eat at least once a day, just so I had like food, <laughs> you know, you have to eat. I think that's the scariest thing for me about COVID is when you know that it's impacted your neurological system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The let's talk about fog. that. Yeah. Let's talk about the brain. <laughs> you know, you got your brain fog, your olfactory nerve. So that to, to smell, I don't even remember which nerve it is to taste. But that's the scariest thing for me is that stupid virus is going through like the flu doesn't go to your neurological system. There's something mm-hmm. about that when it happens and you're like, okay, you're in my brain right now. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Like what the fuck that are you doing? Me. Like I have enough problems up there. Like I don't need anything <laughs> extra. Like I don't right. need any help being crazy. You know, I got enough of that going on. <laughs> up there yeah that's one thing i was worried about was like the brain fog i'm like wait is that is that every variant that does that or is it only some of them yeah because some people were talking someone on twitter it's so so nice too people are like oh try lion's mane for brain fog and like they just give you this list of drugs to like i use this this and this and i'm like okay if i'm gonna listen to anyone i'm gonna call my mommy because she's a real nurse and i'm gonna ask her what i should take (laughs) um oh yeah and then my my other friend said uh vitamin b12 vitamin c vitamin d3 pepsicide 
oregano oil capsules and Tylenol. She said every day. <laughs> Again, the liver. <laughs> what about the liver? What does the liver think about all this? The, the poor liver. And like, I don't drink nearly as much as I used to, but I know my liver is definitely, you know, it hurts sometimes for sure. <laughs> Even with, even with the recreational drugs that I've used, I'm like my poor liver. And I know that that's the one organ that like regenerates itself, you know, but I'm getting older and it doesn't, you just don't get a new liver every time you do something, you know what I mean? I always, whenever I would go hardcore and I knew I was going to go out, of course, you know, like you take your Tylenol before go out and take some, you know, you go out, you drink, and then you take a Tylenol when you come home. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was probably in one of my nursing classes and they're like, well, you know, you can always go into liver failure if you take too much Tylenol. So chasing Tylenol after booze is just adding extra injury to your liver. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I, 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 I did that for, I don't know how many years. (laughs) (laughs) I think it probably takes like a lot, like you probably have to go out and drink every day and then take, you know, for it. At least I would hope so. I, um, I never, I've never been big on Tylenol. Normally when I would go out, like if I knew I was going and having a heavy night of drinking, I would always take, um, Imodium AD. So I didn't get the liquor shits the next day. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is brilliant. I I mean, never thought about that. Yeah, because like, especially as I started getting older, I'm like, I'm just shitting all day after I, you know, especially yeah. if I'm drinking beer or wine, I'm just like, yeah. So I would take Imodium AD um, before I would go out so I wouldn't get the liquor shits the next day. <laughs> I was 29 and it might have been my last huge hangover where I was like, oh, this, I'm not going to be able to do this for very long, mm-hmm. where I was out with my friend. I started taking like shower sh- shots at like six at night. I was so hammered by the time like nine o'clock rolled around. I stayed on her couch the next day and was, mm-hmm. she would like feed me mashed potatoes. Then I would, ch- I would cheek it like mm-hmm. I was a psych patient and then fall asleep and then wake up. And so I have mashed potatoes on my cheeks. I, that's what I knew. That's what I knew. Like, I'm not, I, I can't do this. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. You can't keep drinking the same way. It's so weird. No. As you get older, because my mom, she can't drink anymore either. And she says it's because we're Native American and like that whole angry engine thing or whatever, but that our bodies can't digest the alcohol. They can't break it down correctly. And I'm like, I'm fine. I could drink a bottle of vodka and be fine, mom. And then as I get older, I could have two glasses of wine and feel like utter shit the next day. Like, just like I'm ready to die. Yeah, I, I think. I was probably around like late 20, like maybe around the same age where I had, um, oh no, 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 no. Cause I lived here. The worst hanger hangover I ever had. I had drank two bottles of wine with my girlfriend. Um, she came to visit and the next day just dry, just throwing up constantly. Like I, I gave myself alcohol poisoning basically. And so like every time I drank water, I just throw it up because you have fucking alcohol poisoning. And like my throat was so bad. It was like a week I was down. I had like a week long hangover. I'm like, all right, we're not going to do that anymore. And then of course I did because I'm an idiot, but (laughs) I'm an addict. 
it makes me wonder at what point medicine is going to come around to being like, based on your genetics, you have X amount of drinks in your system. Like why are there old alcoholics that are out there like seventies and eighties and they're totally fine with no Mm -hmm. signs of liver failure. And I've had patients that are like 26, 32 and complete liver failure and can't get a liver because they still drink. Like what about your genetics is making you like end stage liver failure where you got to go on hospice from drinking Mm -hmm. 26. Yeah. And how much is that 26 year old drinking (laughs) too? Like a normal amount. Yeah. Yeah. This, this guy was like, I started drinking at 21 and I'm not going to stop drinking. No, I mean, you got it right. You got to kind of take him at his word. Yeah. And I don't, you know, but like, what, what in his genetic profile made him go, okay, 26, my lover's going to shit out. I don't understand that. Yeah. It has to be something hereditary. Did it like run in the family or something like that? Cause I remember my grandmother on my father's side, she's a heavy smoker, Paul mall, non-filters, you know, she would, she would smoke while she would eat like just constantly smoking. And she, um, she ended like, she had, uh, she had heart failure a couple of times. And when they would go in, they literally would scrape her lungs of tar. They're just like, Oh, well, I'm like, wait, that's an option. I'm like, we could do that as a smoker. I'm like, that's an option. We could just go in and get our lungs scraped, but she smoked. And like, she had an oxygen tank and stuff as she was getting older, but they had told her, they're like, if you quit smoking, it could probably kill you faster. Whereas my grandfather on my mother's side, he also smoked a ridiculous amount, lucky strikes, marbreds for years, like three packs a day kind of, you know, guy. And, um, he ended up having a couple of strokes and he ended up having like stage was a stage four, stage five lung cancer. And they're like, if you don't quit smoking, you're going to die faster. So it is, yeah, it's that genetic thing. And I'm related, blood related to both of them. So I'm like, where's my smoking going to come into factor? Am I going to be like grandma or am I going to be like grandpa with, with the lung cancer? Am I going to be the old crazy lady smoking cigarettes while having the oxygen tank in back of her to piss off her son? (laughs) She would too. They're like, when I lived with him in Florida, he's like, you're going to blow up the house because she had a DNR. Um, and my uncle is very, um, he's very persuasive. I'll say um, terrifying. My uncle's very terrifying and scared the doctor so much that he brought her back. Um, and so she was really mad because she wanted to go and he didn't want to let her go yet. So she would do stuff like cigarettes with the oxygen <laughs> she's like, good. I hope I do blow up the whole house. I fucking love that bitch. She's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is not a good way to go out either. No on fire. No, no. And blowing up. Well, I mean, cause she was had, she had her little like go-kart thing or whatever. I'm like, she would have gone instantly, but the rest of us would have been. <laughs> oh gosh. I had, I never met him, but I had a great uncle who was always known for smoking while being on his oxygen tank. Why would you do that? Why? So just take off your oxygen. Yeah, Why? So just take off your oxygen for a few minutes. Well, she said that she would get a little bit of a buzz, you know, because like people, there is that high when you smoke, but like I don't get that buzz anymore, you know. Even when I like, I, even if I'm on a long flight, like maybe a little bit, but I was like, I never really got that high. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> smoking because I, I don't smoke anything. Hookah. If I do hookah, I get that buzz. If yeah. I smoke cigars, I get that buzz. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I, 
it's it's enjoyable until it's not it so can make you nauseous it can it can make <laughs> oh, you very oh, yeah. nauseous i remember um when i used to chew like in high school um because like that's when i first started like smoking and uh because obviously you're kids so no one smokes you always smell like a cigarette so um we would dip we would always have chewing tobacco and that shit <laughs> was one disgusting please don't you and then I found the little bandits where the little packets and then he put those in I was like oh these are nice but I remember like if I left them in for too long or if I left the dip in for too long it would make me sick because like I get the buzz and then I'd be like oh like I'd just be nauseous from it you know because you have too much fucking nicotine in your system right My one grandfather always did chew and I didn't realize it until like years later after he died, I'd smelled something. And I was like, my, I, I asked my dad, I was like, what, what was that smell? Why did that person smell like that? He goes, oh, he uses the same chew as your grandfather did. Oh, okay. And my other grandfather would carry around like a, a jug and just spit into it. Spit in it. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, that, or I knew a couple old dudes that, um, they wouldn't even spit it out. They just swallow. And I'm like that. Oh no. They would just swallow it. And that's really gross. I mean, cause when, when we're younger and we prefer to try and dip, like I swallowed a little, I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to swallow, you know? Cause oh. you don't know. And you're a kid and you're like, I didn't swallow it. You're who's dumb. I'm not dumb. You know, <laughs> that kind of mentality. Oh man. I have a strong stomach, but thinking about that may make me wretch. That's right. Yeah. So disgusting. <laughs> yeah. The, the chew thing. Oh God. I'm so glad I do that. I, uh, there's a couple of comics that I saw a dip and I was like, I want to try it again just for shits and giggles. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. Absolutely oh. not. Have you, um, working in the IC unit and having, cause like COVID doesn't discriminate against anyone, anyone can get it. Did you ever have anyone who had like a, a drug problem go into the, um, ICU with COVID like maybe a heroin addict or maybe a, someone with crack? Not offhand that I can think of because that's the thing is like, it didn't discriminate there's and most people are uh, like 100 percent honest be like yeah i'm a heroin addict you know what i mean (laughs) um you know and now that i think about it it, it's only been kind of since covid has subsided that i've even started to see like people on heroin even come back in like Mm -hmm. i'm even trying to think like i'm even starting to see like more people come in because they're high their blood pressure is high from cocaine or they can't breathe because of cocaine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there's nobody that really kind of sticks out of anybody that was, that was an addict. That was an that addict. I can think of. Yeah. With the COVID thing. Yeah. I don't know if my heart, I also didn't have a fever. That was another thing too. Uh, Cause I always run, I run kind of cool. I run around like 96, 97 is my normal oh, yeah. body temperature. And, uh, yeah, when I went to test my temperature, it was like 97.8. I think it's been the highest that it's been for a while. I'm like, Ooh, I have a fever. (laughs) (laughs) I've always run kind of cold. I don't know why. Um, so working in that unit and, uh, which drugs have you seen that do work the best, right? Like, like now two years in that there has to, like, you guys obviously have something that may work better than others. I would say the remdesivir and um, 
Oh God. It's the, the one steroid that we're using dexamethasone. Um, I'd probably say that that's probably been the best. Mm-hmm. I use that loosely because if yeah. you're at the point where you're in the, if you're in the COVID unit and you're intubated, like your chances are still at 50, 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean like those monoclonal antibodies, if you could get that, like that kept a lot of people out of the hospital. The I mean, antibodies. you almost, yeah, you almost have to like get it early. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to know you've got COVID early, get antibodies and then just stay at home and just take care of yourself. At the point you come in the hospital, good luck. Uh, I mean, and I, and I hate, I hate to say that that sounds so horrible and it's pessimistic, but it's real. It's the truth. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so unfortunate because it, it's, it seems kind of heartless, right? You can't, you can't be heartless if, if you're a nurse, mm-hmm. but like, it also comes to a point where, um, I mean, if you're, if you're super sick, I, it's, it's at the point you're, you're at your body's mercy, whatever your body is going to do. It, it doesn't matter how much of a family, how much your family thinks you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's you against your body. If your body's going to succumb to it, your body's going to succumb to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that has to do with genetic makeup again. Are they, oh, doing, absolutely. are they doing like research on that? Like, like the people who have survived versus the people who haven't, are they doing research on like the genetic makeup of those people? Like why these people survived and why these people didn't obviously people with like pre-existing existing conditions, you know, a lot of those people didn't survive COVID. Um, but a couple of did, right. There's been a few, they're like, Oh, I had this, but I'm fine. Uh, for- I don't know if they're doing testing for that or not. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It has, it had come to a point where anything that was COVID related, just because we I'd be at home and then, you know, Bill wants mm-hmm. to talk about COVID and then I'd go to work and it was COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to my family and it's COVID. And I was like, I, I can't deal with anything else. that's COVID related. Yeah. Like, I can't <laughs> any, any articles about it. I was like, I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I, so well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, It'd I guess be being in though. the trenches of it. Yeah. You probably, you're just, sick of it (laughs) oh you flame out you flame out real quick yeah (laughs) well also like having to deal with actual covid patients and stuff like that a lot of people don't realize you know like a lot of people don't understand how difficult a nurse's job is in general you know like the way my mom would talk about how horrible the doctors were (laughs) in the hospitals that that she worked at just ridiculous (sighs) and so like nurses do so like nurses do 95% of the work and doctors do that 5%. It's like, hi, I'm the doctor. <laughs> Here yep. I am. I'm going to go put in some orders now and then you're going to complete all the tasks. And then you're going to do literally everything else. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I'm going to tell you to do something and you're going to put the order in and then I'm going to still have to go do it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so you end up, yeah, you end up getting stressed out and just like, tired of it yeah I can honestly I could see that and not wanting to hear anything else about it especially because like viruses like a lot of viruses like there's no cure for viruses right a lot of times viruses there's there's no cure like you may come up with vaccines and stuff like that now they have a vaccine for HPV you know even though I've already had fucking HPV and cancer I'm like can I still get the HPV vaccine for the throat cancer. Cause they're talking about that. I'm like, can I still get it? Even though I already have it. I don't know. Uh- <laughs> I wish that they would really extend out 
the HPV vaccine? Like why only until 26? I mean, like really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, now they have an older one. I saw a commercial. Gotta love the drug commercials. Thank you, George Bush. Um, for, <laughs> for they have it now for older people. Yeah. Cause I was over 26. Um, when I heard about that and I was in porn, I'm like, yeah, I want it. They're like, oh, you're too old. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm too old for it. How are you? I had asked about it. I had just turned 26 and my doctor Mm -hmm. at the time told me, she goes, no, you're too old. 26. I just turned 26. How am I too old for it? No, you're not too old for it. Yeah. And it's one of those things that sooner or later, everyone's going to get, they say, or like, because HPV is one of those things too, where it's like you could contract it and not know you have it for 20 some years that's what my doctor told me. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I was a whore. So I'm, it's fine. You don't need to try to make me feel better about my life choices. <laughs> I have slept with quite a few people. I'm well aware <laughs> of my work hazards. <laughs> as my mom called. <laughs> I remember the first time I got gonorrhea, I was 31. It was the first time I ever contracted an STD and it was from porn. And I call her just bawling. I'm like, I got gonorrhea. 31 crying to my mom about an STD. And she's like, well, those are your job hazards now, Aaliyah. So <laughs> she was so funny. I'm like, they are. That's my- very supportive though. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's very real. Well, being a nurse. Yeah. She, she has empathy and stuff, but she's also very realistic. <laughs> you know? I, that's not something I think I would have ever thought about was like, yeah, that's a work hazard. Yeah. That's one of my work hazards. Yeah. So <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She's very smart. You would actually get along with my mom so well. You guys would have so much fun. Um, Speaking of viruses. So has anyone who has had um, HIV or AIDS in your unit contract COVID and how did that affect them? I don't think I remember any, any HIV. No. I mean, we, we saw, a, not unless by that point, if they were too sick and they went on ECMO, then they'd go into another unit. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of, um, at first our unit was like pretty much all black patients, pregnant, oh. asthma, middle of the road. It was a lot of pre-existing conditions. And then like this last, the, our last kind of real big wave, which would have been at the end of the last year was mm-hmm. all like the Patriots. I'm not going to get it. Donald Trump, Donald Trump. I can do anything. So that's who we, that's like, that's like the mix that we had. Mm-hmm. It was so weird because it was all first was anybody who couldn't socially isolate in these multi-generational households. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody had come in and if maybe if they were just way too sick and they had to go on ECMO maybe, but I don't remember anybody with AIDS either. AIDS is not a pretty death and I yeah. couldn't imagine AIDS with COVID. I, I, yeah, I okay. couldn't even fathom that. Yeah, especially when, because HIV, like that turns into AIDS. A lot of people don't realize that it's not like you don't get full blown AIDS right away. It's like HIV right. and then and then it could turn into AIDS. And now they have like the prep and they have this stuff for HIV where it's like you don't even show that you have it anymore. It's not that right. you don't have it. You still have it. It's just not showing up in it. So, I, yeah, that's one thing that I was curious about, like people with, with AIDS uh, or just even HIV, like if they were taking prep and then they got COVID, I may, maybe I should ask a gay guy about it. But, you know, even now that I think about it, the amount of, so I've been a nurse for 10 years and Mm -hmm. I on one hand have only had maybe 
four or five AIDS patients. Not a oh, whole wow. lot. Yeah, no, no, people. That's not a lot. I mean, like people on prep who are still in HIV, who mm-hmm. look fantastic, but nobody who's like end stage AIDS, that mm-hmm. borderline HIV AIDS. I mean, it's it really hasn't been a lot. Yeah. Well, especially with the prep now, I think a lot of people are, they're like, oh, this helps me not get AIDS. Okay. So I'm oh, going to take absolutely. this. I'm going to take this all of the time, <laughs> which makes and sense. They, they, look, they, they look great. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they never show a sign that they're sick as long as they stay on it and they don't fall off like their, their regimens. Mm-hmm. But like, otherwise they, you'd never, you'd never know. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. He's a good example. I mean, he always, oh yeah. Like, he always looks a little cracked out though, because he actually really does like crack, um, loves the crack, loves it so much. Not that I know personally, but you know, probably she loves crack. Everyone knows that. I think he just, I think I was, I was curious about him the other, the other week and looked up and I think he went back through rehab. Shocking. <laughs> honestly not a surprise no I because he, he's got to make he's got to make money one way or the other yeah 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 I haven't seen him in anything for a while well they uh, uh I love this story about how he was doing Wolf of, or not Wolf of Wall Street but Wall Street with his dad or whatever and he's just geeked out of his mind for the entire fucking movie <laughs> and Martin Sheen's not that bad looking of an older guy no he's hot for an old guy like I wish I, Sean Connery was still alive I I bang him. I don't give a shit. He's Sean Connery. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I would have ever put Sean Connery up there on my list. Really? No. No. Not even like young Sean Connery. She, young Sean Connery might have. Yeah, like James Bond, Sean Connery. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we do, we do this a lot at work, and then we try to find like who's the weirdest one. And uh, my one friend, oh God, what's his name? That he was in. Uh, Oh shit. Jurassic Park and the fly. Oh, um, um, right. Jeff, um, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 That's hers. I like Jeff I Goldblum. Like, Jeff Goldblum I, could get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could see it. Yeah, totally. He's a, yeah. He's a hottie. Yeah. And he's one of those people. It's like, uh, it's like the Cumberbatch, whatever his name is. It's, it's like they're they're like the weird attractive, if that makes sense. Yes, that's see, obviously, that's what I like is I like the weird, the <laughs> weird kind of attractive. Yeah, I'm like I think he's really hot. Yeah, I've always said because someone said I was like I kind of feel like the weird attractive. Um, like I'm not like a ten. I'm, I always say I'm like, a, I'm a solid seven, but I got titties and a charming personality. So that bumps me up a little bit, but yeah, I'm like see, the weird that's the thing. Well, that depends on the generation of man because it's either boobs yeah. or butt. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little bit of my butt back a little bit. Cause I've been doing a lot. I've been working out a lot, but yeah, I'm just, I got titties. You, I got titties. <laughs> that's the only reason why I got Phil titties. Yeah. Men are so dumb. <laughs> They're so dumb. Just titties or boobs. <laughs> like I got titties. You want some of this? Yes. Done. There we go. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Are you, are you nice? Yeah. 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 <laughs> are you nice? You like titties, but also are you nice to the titties? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice to the titties. I remember I dated one dude and like, I don't think he's ever like, I don't know if I was like the first woman he's ever been with. Like, it didn't seem like it, but he was like, it was so hard. It was just like, uh, uh, 
it was like I ended up with bruises all over I was like yo they're not doorknobs it was so weird oh I was with a guy he I actually ended up marrying him which was such a stupid decision and I don't know I don't know what but he would he played with my nipples for the first time like they were transistor radios (laughs) To the point where I was sore for like two weeks afterwards. Right? Nursing yeah. my child didn't hurt that bad. Was I mean, like, like, it was just this. And it's like, it's like, you doing? Need, like you need lubrication, you know, you need something there too, because then it's just like, it's like dry humping. You know what I mean? It's like, you yes. know, they get all raw and shit. Yeah, I had, a, I mean, my ex, he likes to do that. It just like, just to play, you know, to fuck around and be like, Dude, Dude, you know, but not like just that's so funny. Yeah, that's, oh, no, because, that's all that was. Yeah, because he didn't know what to do with boobs. He didn't know. He's like, you like this, right? Is this hot? Turn you on? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It's actually quite painful. And it makes me want to call the police. <laughs> like, what if I did that to you for half an hour? How would you, how do you think yeah. your nipples would feel? Let me take the tip of your dick. Okay. And just around the head. And I'm just going to go like this. <laughs> No lubrication whatsoever and see how you like it. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> boys are so dumb. Why are boys so dumb? Yeah. Answer know. that question, Crystal. Why are boys? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Their brain is smaller. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. Well, I've come to the conclusion that they're just um, emotionally uh, retarded, that they, that a lot of men, they have not emotionally evolved. Yeah, that's why I dated older uh, yeah, I always said Phil. it yeah. didn't help. Yeah, no, they're still dumb. They're so dumb. Yeah. They're so, yeah. We love you guys. I love guys so <laughs> much. I do. I do. I, I like you more than women because I try to date women and we're fucking nuts. So I'm not doing that anymore. We are crazy. Yeah, you need a oh, yang yeah. to your yang. So if I find like a super chill, like butch chick, what? maybe yeah but yeah no i still need you guys but you're you're dumb it's okay i'm dumb too we're all dumb in our own certain ways <laughs> there, there's there's things that phil didn't know that saint patrick's day was march 17th he was a bartender shut up that's hilarious <laughs> he was like is it the 15th no no you are in your 50s it's the same day every year how do you not know this I don't know. I never paid attention. Okay. Yeah. Some people are like, I mean, that's happened. I get it where you just don't pay attention to certain things. And people are like, how do you not know this? I'm like, apparently I lived under a rock or apparently it just didn't affect me. But yeah, every bartender should know when St. Patrick's Day is because that's a hell day for them. It's like the day before Thanksgiving, especially in Wisconsin, like the day, well, yeah, you're in the Midwest too. So the day before Thanksgiving, and like St. Yeah. Patrick's Day are two of the biggest drinking days <laughs> ever. I don't know. Maybe it's because he was a bartender in a hotel. So maybe he didn't get hit the same uh, way. The, the same way with all the green right. beads and kiss me, I'm Irish shit. But still, how do you not know? I don't know. Whatever. It's or maybe still, he just, or maybe he just forgot line. about it. I don't know. I tried. I was actually... Cause like I make flyers and stuff like that. And there's always at least one name that I'll screw up on the flyer, like forget a letter or add a letter, or just like misspell it completely. 
and uh, my buddy Husama Siddiqui, and like his name is the name that I always make sure I spell 100% co correctly. Like I've always made sure his name very specifically because he does, he like, he gets upset about it and he should, it's his name and I should know how to spell right. it. He, also, he was also my statistics tutor for two years. So like he helped me, he helped me keep my 4.0. So obviously I'm going to remember how to spell his name, but I did screw it up on one flyer. I'm like, dude, and I haven't done it in, in a couple of years. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, if it makes you feel better, I also forget how to spell my own name sometimes on flyers. And like, it was because I was writing down a list of comics for a show and I spelled Janine, J-A-N-I-E. And I looked and I'm like, that is my own name. And I, and I like circled it and I showed it to him and I'm like, see, it's even written down, which is even worse than typing it. <laughs> So dumb. I'm an idiot. All right. Yeah, that's a. I hope that uh, COVID doesn't make me dumber than I already am. I really hope for that. I hope it doesn't. I only have a couple brain cells left and I like to keep them for when I do mushrooms. So please, COVID, do not screw up my brain. <laughs> At least you won't be depressed if you're doing mushrooms. So yeah, no, that's actually yourself. Yeah, no, that's actually that what helped kick me out of like a really bad three year depression was microdosing. I mean, I also dose dose, but uh, the microdosing <laughs> really helped that whole the whole like 2020 summer or whatever. That's all I did was acid and mushrooms and DMT. That whole just a 40 year old woman just tripping her balls off in Central Park. It was great. It was perfect watching the fucking riots and stuff. Fire's pretty. Yeah, no, I was an idiot, but it did really help kick me out of my depression. I was like, holy shit, I feel amazing. It was great. Now, yeah. What would be what would be your drug and drink of choice as you're dying? Oh, as I'm dying? Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be your last. Yeah, heroin. I'm going to do heroin. Absolutely. Yeah, me and Doug What's stand up. Ooh, drink. Um, well, I do like a nice Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, <laughs> but, but maybe, if it, but maybe if it's like my last one, maybe I used to really love like three olives vodka makes this like cherry flavor. And also their yes. bubblegum, their bubblegum flavor is really good too. I was going off on their bubblegum flavor for a while. So maybe like a bubblegum vodka and Sprite, just all that sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's when I stopped drinking that stuff. I instantly lost 30 pounds. I was like, Oh wow. Look at that. Uh <laughs> three olives is so good though. It's so good. Yeah. The three so olives good. cherry is so good. Yeah. So yes. maybe that and definitely heroin. Yeah. I said it like at the end of the world or if I'm dying, I'm going to overdose on heroin. Well, maybe not overdose. Like I don't want to like be shaken and shit. I want it to be a nice time. <laughs> I want it to be a nice time. So just like maybe a nice drip or something. I don't know. My mom had said that, that if, um, cause watching her father die, you know, of, of the lung cancer and he was on hospice and we took him off all the machines and it took him days to oh. let go just days to the point where my mom wanted to give him a little extra, you know, just to knock him oh, out. Yeah. So, so he'd be out. But at the time, like the woman that he remarried was also like a nurse. It's like, no, you know, the correct amounts and stuff like that. So me and my mom made a pact that if any, if like she was on her deathbed or if I'm on my deathbed, that uh, we're just going to off each other. I was like, absolutely. When I, like, I'm not going to make her suffer. You know what I mean? We put down animals. I, like, why the fuck are we not going to? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, me, and Doug, the, me and Doug Stanhope had talked about that. We're definitely, we're going out with heroin, baby. What about you? What drug would you do? Um, so I am totally 
still stuck in uh, being in high school in ecstasy. Like Molly was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Never done Molly. I, I, I mean, I've smoked pot twice. And the first mm-hmm. time was in my 30s. So I've always been very, very straight. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be an Irish car bomb and ecstasy. Okay. Nice. Irish the car weirdest combination. That is really weird. It's so, <laughs> that's, but that's what it would be. Yeah. I like <laughs> Irish car bombs are great. And I actually, it's so funny. I traveled to Florida with fucking four E pills. I didn't even, I forgot that I had them. I got them down in the village from fucking my buddy Johnny's like, I got E and I'm like, cause I don't fuck with the capsules. They're like, they're like, it's Molly. I'm old. I'm like, I want the press pills. Cause that way I know there's no yep. fentanyl in it because they took the time to fucking press them and shit like that. And uh, me and my ex, we actually took them on Monday. They had like Trump once. I don't know. Oh gosh. I really, you can't even leave the ecstasy alone. No, I mean, like really it's got to get political. Yep. Yep. Oh, I had some (sighs) weed that had like Afghan something Afghan. It was an Afghan Kush and it had like a picture of, um, of a fucking tank on it. I'm like, I can't even fucking smoke weed without it being, but I mean, the Afghans do have really great weed though. But I would think like that's the last thing as you start to light up that you want to see is a tank on there. Yeah, it's war. No. <sighs> oh, <sighs> just leave it alone. Just leave the drugs politically, leave them alone. Let them yeah. do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. There's already a war on drugs and it's not winning. It's never, it's oh. never going to win. The other side is the, definitely winning. <laughs> it's the dumbest, the fact that they got to keep the war on drugs. I mean, really, like if you really want to look at like Portugal and Spain both have legalized drugs, legalized injection sites, clean needles, their overdoses have gone down. Their crimes have gone down. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're much better off just legalizing it, mm-hmm. making it to where there is a standard so that if people who are going to use do it safely, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. as sex work. Mm-hmm. If you make it safe, then at least you're going to have, you're always right going to have people that's going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. But at least if you give people the responsibility over their own body, hopefully that they're going to take a chance, still use, but use the safer choice. Yeah. In Amsterdam, you can actually, um, if you buy something from a drug dealer, you can send it into the government and they'll test it for you and send you back the results. So you know exactly what's in it. So it keeps all the drug really? dealers. Yep keeps all the drug dealers honest and stuff like that. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Well, I also, cause the American government, you know, they're very conservative and they still have that Puritan kind of mentality where it's like, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want, right. they don't want to be wrong. Cause they're very wrong about the war on drugs. Obviously like drugs now are becoming, the States are legalizing. They're like, fuck the federal government. Like we see the results of this mm-hmm. happening. New York has like a, has a needle injection site now. And yeah, but they've saved a bunch of people's lives from that. It's so, yeah, it's, it's really, it's dumb. Like when I travel to Florida, like I brought weed with me and I asked, like I had my vape pen in my hand cause I'm a fucking idiot. And, um, <laughs> I asked, I'm like, is weed legal here? And they're like, no, not yet. I'm like, let me just put this away. Then. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm still smoking. <laughs> like people are still going to do it. Yeah. It's so dumb. All right. This has been awesome. I love talking with you. This has been super fun. Um, obviously, do you have anything you would like to promote? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter <laughs> or Instagram? No, my Twitter, my Twitter is just dumb with dumb thoughts. And now, uh, <laughs> now just uh, dumb Republicans. Yeah. 
Sorry, sorry, Republicans, but like your candidates in Ohio, they stink. Oh God. Well, all of them. I'm I'm done like aligning myself with any political party. I never really have. It's like, oh, I like this person because there's some Republicans that I've liked. And I actually have a lot yeah, of Republican absolutely. views where I think more states should have more power, except, you know, after the COVID thing, I'm like, maybe not Florida, but like <laughs> I should have more control over certain things. But yeah, I'm just, I'm done with politics. I stopped watching the news after Trump lost. I'm like, now it's boring. Like at least before, like as Shane Gillis said, it, he's hilarious. I mean, terrifying, but he was so funny. And it was well, like- and He was a great troll. If you wanted anybody who knew how to be a troll, it's Trump, right? He had that, he had a video that he had posted where it was him holding like a Trump sign. And then it, it went from 2020, 24, 2020, all the way to like 3000. And all these people got so angry on Twitter. Do you really think Trump is going to live a thousand years? What's, what's, where's your outrage? Yeah. Anything, anything to be mad about anything to be mad about, except for the shit that's going on in their own fucking lives. Uh, right. right. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Obviously you can find this wonderful podcast on Twitter and Instagram at how to do drugs. You can follow me via Leah Janine on Twitter, Aliyah.Janine on Instagram, please rate and subscribe. Uh, we are on Apple podcasts. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google, all the places where you find podcasts, also YouTube. All right. Thank you and goodbye.